Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. So if you're first time here today, welcome to Freedom Church. For those who listen on our podcast, uh, welcome to you too as well. Um, give me a hands up if you feel blessed this morning. It's not a trick question. Hands up if you feel blessed this morning. I love the fact that some of you got half, half your hand up. It's like, hands up if you feel blessed this morning. There you go, okay. How many people love getting stuff? How many people love getting stuff? I love this because everyone's like, there's a trick here somewhere. How many people love getting stuff? Wonderful. Keep your hands up if you love getting stuff. Come on, keep nice and high, nice and high. You love getting stuff. Keep your hands up. Look around the room, look around the room, right? Keep looking around the room. Keep your hands up if you would say you're generous. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I could stop preaching right now. We've got this absolutely nailed. How many would call themselves generous? Because you know what? We love getting stuff. And we love being generous. But sometimes we're not always connecting the two together. And Jesus himself said those words. It's more blessed to than to who loves giving? Who loves receiving? Come on. Come on. Love giving, receiving. He says if you, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I want to talk about generosity today and the absolute heart of generosity. um, Sorry, the absolute um, heart of a blessed life is being generous. I genuinely believe if you want to know what it's like to be blessed, it's all about giving and being generous. It's more blessed to give than to receive. If that's true, then if you want to have a blessed life, you want to be a generous person and a giving person. The more you are, the more you give, the more blessed you will be. I love the fact that at the moment some of you get a little nervous and it's a prosperity message. You can choose that language if you want to, but the Bible says, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. True story, we're doing real. Two weeks ago, it was my birthday and my wife said, oh, let's go out for the day and I want to treat you to one of our favorite restaurants to a, a lovely breakfast. So we had this nice breakfast and we do this thing when Lottie and I go out for a meal. I talk to her and she listens to the person on the table next to us. <laughs> Anyone else do that? Yeah. We went, we went to the zoo on Friday. It was inset day. Took the girls. Lottie was enjoying looking at the other people going to the zoo rather than the animals. Maybe it's just my wife. I don't know. Anyway, so we're at this table. We're having this lovely, I'm having this lovely monologue and uh, she's listening to the person over there. And tells me all about it after we leave the restaurant. Anyway, it comes to the end of the meal. And, and this lady, the, the waitress comes over and she gives us the, the bill. And, and I, without thinking, I, you know, Lottie said it was my treat. But I just grabbed the bill and looked at it. And at the bottom of the bill it said, optional 10% tip included. Now obviously you're all in the room going, I wish there would be more than 10%. I wish they'd put down 20%. And I'm there going, hold on a minute. And I start telling this poor lady, optional, you've added it on already. She goes, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. We can always take that off if you want to. And Lottie's so embarrassed. She goes, oh, don't worry, Sim. I'm paying anyway. And she just grabs the bill and she pays it out of embarrassment. And I'm, I'm slightly annoyed. But I'm also a bit annoyed with myself. Why did I react that way? What, what in me says, huh, they've asked me for something extra. Am I really generous? Or do I want to be just getting what I can for myself. I want to look at the question today of how generous are we? And I want to use today in this whole next few weeks, we're looking at 
through the eyes of Jesus, the encounters of Jesus had, what Jesus said about generosity, what can we learn from the person of Jesus? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? And this is a great challenge for me as a preacher because there's some great, great verses about generosity that Jesus doesn't say. So Paul, in Corinthians, writes a whole load of chapters around generosity. That would be a great thing to be talking about. But I want to ask the word, what do, what do the red letters in the Bible say? What does Jesus say? You see, because Jesus talked a lot about money and possessions. And we've said before, if we want to be authentic, we want to go back to the original and say, what did the original do? What did Jesus do? Jesus spoke regularly about money and possessions. 11 of his 39 parables were all about money and possessions. Here's the first verse I want to show you. Jesus said this from Luke 6, 38. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Familiar verse if you're a regular a attender here at this church or a Christian, you may have heard that verse before. What is that verse about? Someone tell me. I love this. Trick questions coming up. What's this verse about? Give and you receive. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. What's this verse about? It's about giving. Neil, you should know better. Rewind one verse to verse 37. Here we go. Next screen. It's about judgment. Do not judge others. I say that because Neil's like a proper theologian. I go to Neil for my theological advice. Verse 37 says this, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. And then goes verse 38, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together. Here's the thing about when we talk about generosity and giving. You can pick a verse and take it out of context and tell a very different story. The truth about generosity is it's a biblical kingdom principle. Whether you're talking about money or forgiveness or judgment or condemnation. The principle is there will be an absolute equal measure to what you give, you will get back. If you judge people, you will be judged. If you love people, you will be loved. If you help people, you will be helped. If you give, you will receive. The principle is right there, this idea of giving and receiving. It works for all aspects. It's not just about money. But I want to use a story of the well-known story of the widow's might this morning, or the widow's offering. It happens in a couple of places, uh, Mark 12, also Luke 21. I use the version from Mark 12 this morning. It's a well-known story. I remember hearing this when I was in Sunday school as a nipper. And uh, Mark 12, we'll read this out together. Verse 41 says this. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Every church pastor's dream to see the crowds drop. Can you imagine that? The crowds dropping in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. I mean, this is, a, this is everyone. This is amazing. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the 
the temple from thousands of years ago, because there aren't, it isn't really as it used to be all that time ago. But this was Herod's temple, the third version of the temple. And it was a, a temple of segregation. And there was the outer courtyard where women were allowed to go and non-Jewish men were allowed to go. And wisely, the temple priest had placed the giving buckets in the bit where everyone can go. Because the inner courtyard was only Jewish men were allowed. And the really at the center was where the priests were allowed. But the giving was on the outer courtyard where the woman would be and where the non-Jewish men would be allowed. And they had uh, 13 of these massive kind of uh, vases with big open mouths that was their offering containers. They had 13 of them. And, and this is fascinating. When we start raising money for our building fund, they had different materials you could give towards. You literally could go and down the line go, do I buy some wood or do I buy some marble or do I buy some, what do I put my money? You can literally choose. A bit like coming out of Waitrose and putting your green token in a slot. In the same way, these 13 uh, containers and people would come, and it'd be the routine. You'd go to the temple, and you'd make an offering towards the building program. Your gifts to the poor were your arms. That's a whole different conversation. This was their giving to the work of the actual temple. And they'd come along, and these many rich people, the crowds would come, and they'd get their big bads. It'd be like those who are old enough remember Harry Enfield, look at my wad. That kind of, they'd be there, look how much money I've got. And they'd come, and they would just throw it in there. Loads of money, that's the one. And they'd be like, wow, look at me, wedged up, and I am able to give to whatever I want to. And along comes this widow, quietly, poor widow, two coins, and gives everything that she has. And I remember when I'd been told that story, almost being told the story is, you know, you should give God everything. And that's more impressive to give everything than just be able to give a large amount. And I remember when I was a child hearing this story, I'm thinking, that's great. I could probably cope with two pennies. It was the smallest currency. A mite was the tiniest coin. It was at two pennies in our day. And I was thinking, you know, I could probably manage that. You see, I believe Jesus was actually pointing out something very different in this story that he was exposing his disciples to. The first thing I want us to learn today is this. Number one, real generosity comes out of faith, not out of surplus. Real generosity comes out of faith not out of surplus. See, this woman was giving in faith. She didn't get to the end of the month and go, how much have I got left? And now I'll give a piece of my surplus. That's not generous. If my kids say to me, Dad, can you give me some money? And I say, wait to the end of the week and I'll see what got left. That's, that's great, but it's not generous. Generosity comes out of faith and choosing to believe what God will provide rather than what your bank statement will say to you. Jesus has incredible things about money. Number one here, Matthew chapter 6 says this, And no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one, love the other. He will be devoted to one, despise that. You cannot serve God and money. Money is a powerful thing, and it becomes something you can end up worshipping. And if you are someone who gives in faith, I'm believing in God and I'm worshipping God and my money's going towards God rather than going, actually, my money is more important than my faith and I'm choosing to give what I've got left over at the end of the month rather than at the beginning. I remember a number of years ago, friends of mine, I was in a linear church and they came to see me and said, Sim, we, we want to give, but we've got no money. I said, what do you mean you've got no money? He said, well, at the end of the month, there's nothing left. They were a young married couple they had no kids at that time. They both had jobs. He was a teacher. She was a nursery nurse. And they just said, we've got nothing at the end of the month. 
And I just had that crazy moment, and I said, well, why not start giving at the beginning of the month rather than at the end of the month? They said, that, well, that will never work. We never have anything left. I said, well, I believe in giving in faith. And I challenge you and encourage you to give at the beginning of the month. And they went, okay, well, we'll take that on. Three months later, they came and see me. I said, you wouldn't believe it. We've got money left at the end of the month when we start giving at the beginning of the month. I like, and I, I love this moment because I was inside, I was going, oh, thank you, God, for that. That's so good. But on the outward, I was going, that's, that, of course, yes, that's what happens. You know, calm exterior. But it was like for them, that became their reality. And I love this moment. A few months later, they came to see me again. They said, we're going on holiday, that extended holiday overseas, and they were away for three or four weeks. And they said, we want to give our offering before we go. Because we know if we don't give it until we get back, we'll have spent the surplus and we'll be ending up with nothing to give. And they learned the principle of loving God, not sorry, serving God, not serving money. Jesus also said, Matthew 6, 19, he says this, don't store up treasures on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And sometimes people get that verse back to front. They think, oh, wherever your heart is, then you'll, your money will follow, your treasure will follow. But that's not what the Bible says. What you invest in is what you will want to know about. Um, just recently, I'm sorry, Zach, I'm going to embarrass you slightly here. My son, who's sitting on the front row here, um, Zach bought himself his first car. Who remembers their first car? Yeah. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My son has a beautiful car that he spends time washing and waxing and detailing, apparently it's called. And yesterday we helped lower the suspension. So it, the wheels still go round, just, um, but the car's lower. And it's like going, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He didn't pay for his bedroom. I bought his bedroom, but he bought his car. Where is his heart? What did Jesus say? Where your treasure is, there your heart. What you spend your money on, what you invest your time in, what you give to is where your heart will also be. If you want to have a great marriage, invest in it. If you want to, if you want to have a, a great career, invest in it. If you want to have a great family, invest in it. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Real generosity, real generosity gives out a faith, not surplus. It's not what's left. It's I'm giving because I believe I'm called to give out of faith and be a generous follower of God. Number two, generosity. In the story of this widow, her giving was given out of a place of quietness. And, and secrecy. She wasn't there waving her wad. She wasn't expressing to ever, look at me, I've only got two coins. She came quietly and secretly and she gave all that she had. See, I really believe real generosity gives secretly and holds lightly. Generosity gives secretly. When I was uh, in a youth group, we used to play this game. It's a great game. Only Christians could call games like this. It was called Angels and Mortals. 
All right, angels. I mean, what a great Christian game for Christian kids. Angels and mortals. And the game goes like this. You would be someone's angel for a week and you'd be someone else's mortal. And the job was to secretly give them things and write them notes and to put gifts to the letterbox and be a blessing to them for a week. And as a mortal, you'd be receiving all this good stuff if you had a good angel. That's the truth. And you'd play this, what a game that only Christians could play, angels and mortals. But the idea was to give secretly. And Lottie and I have often benefited from people who have been so generous to us and given secretly. It's a bit frustrating because you want to say thank you. But the gift wasn't given because they wanted a response. The gift was given because they want to be generous people. And generous people don't want them to, everyone to know, look at what I've done. Aren't I clever? Because then you're getting a return for your payment. Generosity is giving beyond yourself without any need for any response from other people. Real generosity gives secretly like this widow did and holds it lightly. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 6. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. I spoke to Amanda this morning. I said I was going to be preaching on this. I said, this is a bit tricky, Amanda. Don't do your good deeds publicly. You're shaving your hair off. Everyone is going to know what you have done. There will be a very obvious. Now, I struggle with this. I'm thinking, actually, this is great. We want people to know. We want to raise awareness of a charity. We want to raise funds. But I think what Jesus is saying is, don't flaunt your generosity. Don't show off about it. To be admired by others. You will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private. Your father who sees everything will reward you. Give secretly and hold lightly. You see, if you've got a hold on your stuff, it's very hard to get your hands off it. If you're gripped onto it, God doesn't mind you having stuff. He minds stuff having you. That widow came with only two coins she had, and she held it lightly. Everything in her must be like, you know what, I could keep hold of this, and maybe I could get something with it. I could use it, or maybe I could give one, and I keep one. She gave everything that she had. She held it lightly, and we need to make sure that we hold on to things that we've got. We are a very, very, very privileged community in this nation. Even the the people in this, in this room right now, with the very least, have an incredible abundance compared to many nations in the world. We have possessions. We have stuff. You know, I helped clear out a different son's room yesterday. He got a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. We don't need more stuff. And we've got to make sure we hold the possessions that we have lightly. That we go, this is not my stuff. Jesus had a couple of conversations with two different people. The first one was a rich young ruler who came to see him and said, Jesus, I've done everything. I've done everything. I've obeyed all the commandments, the young man says. What else can I do? And Jesus said this, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions. Anyone else do a little gulp thing there? Go and sell all your possessions. Give your money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many 
possessions. God doesn't mind having stuff. He minds stuff having you. Or as a friend of mine once said, Mercedes living, Mercedes giving. I love that. If you've got loads of great stuff, wonderful. What are you going to do with what God's given to you? That's a whole other talk. Being generous. He had many possessions and he couldn't follow Jesus fully. And he also said to the rich young fool, you know the story where Jesus tells this story about a guy who had a rich, rich farmer. And he kept storing up his possessions in barns and building bigger barns and bigger barns. And eventually this guy dies in his sleep. And God says to him, you're a fool. You who will get everything you worked for. Jesus said this, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Storing up treasure in heaven where moths and rust don't eat away. Don't store up on earth. Your rewards will be in heaven. If you want a rich relationship with God, manage your wealth. Hold it lightly. Give secretly. That's real generosity. When no one knows what you're doing, your right hand and your left hand don't know what you're up to. Hold what you've got lightly. The last point I want to make on this before we bring things to an end is I believe real generosity changes lives. Real generosity changes lives. Today when we help um, support Amanda, when she braves the shave and we give generously towards the Macmillan Cancer Charity, people's lives will be better because people have given. Generosity changes lives. But it doesn't just change the life of the person receiving. It changes the life of the person giving. If you are generous, it changes something about you. Let me explain. You see, in this story, we talked about at the earlier verse where Jesus talked about, you know, judging and don't judge others or you'll be judged. And that whole idea where we, we assume a verse is about giving. You know, the same is true with this story. This story of the widow's might or the widow's offering isn't actually as simple as I thought it was when I was in Sunday school. It isn't just about a little old lady bringing her last two coins and putting them in an offering bucket. You see, in Mark 12, 41, you have this bit we just read earlier where Jesus sits down to the collection box in the temple. If you go back three verses on the next slide, you actually hear the context of this story, which makes it so much more powerful. If we go to 12, verse 37, uh, 38, sorry, um, Jesus says this. Can we go on the next screen? That's great. Jesus taught this. Beware of the teachers of the religious law. For they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace. And how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table of the banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be more severely punished. After saying that, Jesus then sits down by the collection box. She's saying, whoa, what are you guys doing? You're parading around like you own the place. you like, look at me. I'm wearing all the gear. I've got all the power and authority. I'm impressive to people. And the thing is about the temple that had been rebuilt by Herod in the time of Jesus, they'd expanded the temple grounds. And to do that, they'd knocked down other people's properties. And here was a widow that had her property taken away, probably by the very temple priests that she was coming to. And here's the thing about this widow. She came with nothing. And not only nothing, she had everything removed from her by this system of religion. These religious priests had taken away her property. 
And she came with all that she had into this very temple place where the priests who had taken away her property and she stood there going, God, I don't believe in this system. I don't believe in what these people have done to me. But I choose to believe in you. I choose to believe that I've given you the last of what I've got, even into this broken system, even though I'm not even sure I want to give towards this building program or to give towards this money activity or, or give towards this fund. I'm believing, God, that my faith is in you and not in the people around me. And she chose to give anyway. She chose to give regardless of her circumstances. She could have been bitter. She could have been annoyed. She could go, I don't see where you deserve this. I've watched you going around your flowing robes, sitting at the heads of tables at banquets. You don't need this money. But she wanted to go, I want my faith in God is more important than this broken system I'm part of. And the challenge is to all of us when we talk about generosity is we can sometimes justify our actions and go, you know what, I don't think this is going to go to the right place. If I give this money to this person in need, will they spend it on the right things? You know, that, you know, those homeless people, you think, oh, I know what they'll do with the money. That's not the point. The system's broken, but we give out of faith, not out of surplus. We give because we give because we worship in God with what God has given to us. Our money and our generosity is an expression of worship. It's saying, God, you've given me everything. I want to give it back. And how it gets used is actually not the purpose of generosity. Generosity is not, I'm going to give you some money, but can you account for every penny I give you? That's not generosity. That's controlling. I want to be generous and give and, and give in, in, in excess. Jesus said, Luke 6, give to everyone who begs from you. Love your enemies, he said. Do to others as you'd like them do to you. This lady was bringing her money, her offering, her worship, not because anyone deserved it, apart from God himself. It was a declaration of her faith in him. Generosity is an act of worship. Let's get that worship team up on that comment there. Here's a couple other verses for you. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says these words, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about this. What we eat, what we drink, what we wear, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God. We get sidetracked all the time by our needs. But God goes, I've got that sorted. I've got that covered. Don't worry about that stuff. And then in Matthew 25 that well-known passage of Scripture where Jesus is telling the story of, of the times to come. And you go, you know, one day you will be in front of my Father God and he will choose to whether you are going to come into heaven or not. And he will separate you, he says, like the sheep and the goats. And I will say to one of you, one group of you, you're blessed. Inherit the kingdom. Because I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was lonely, you came to visit me. And the people stand there going, God, when? When do we visit you? When do we clothe you? When do we feed you? When do we give you a drink? And, and the Father God will say to those people chosen and saying, whatever you did to the very least of the people, my brothers and sisters, you did it as if you did it to me. When we are generous, it changes the life of the person we're giving to. 
And it changes us because we are declaring that, God, we worship you. Everything is for you. And whatever we do to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, we do it as if we're doing it to God. What happens with that money once it leaves your hand is is not your responsibility anymore. We give, we give generously. We thank God for the opportunity we get to give. What a pleasure. What a privilege. To be givers out of faith, not out of surplus. To be givers who give secretly. To hold lightly. To be givers who give as part of our worship. Loving those that we come into contact with every day. Real generosity changes lives. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.